Hello, you're here with Noah Wells with Abiding Life Studios, The Conversation, and I'm here today with Tim Lester. Hello. And Chad Salen. Hey, everybody. Glad to be here. And we're here to just talk about uh, any kind of, uh, what, what would you guys call it, any kind of topics, anything that you guys write in about you want to talk about? Yeah, yeah. Anything about Walking with Jesus, man. Yeah, we'll eventually go live eventually, but we're going to start off with uh, different things. We're going to mostly be doing conversations here mm-hmm. in Abiding Life Studios, but uh, at times we'll do teachings yeah. at Abiding Life Studios, some testimonies at Abiding Life stu- Studios, but uh, today we're going we're gonna to just have some conversations. Mm-hmm. And Tim, what are we going to talk about today? Well, there was a guy in here, this is our first broadcast, so we needed a lot of help to get set up. So there was a guy in here named Gabe. Gabe, shout out to you. Thank you, Gabe. Yeah, Thanks, Gabe. Gabe. He, the guy is amazing, and he works really cheap. Did a great job. <laughs> <laughs> no, we were, we we're really grateful. He has really served us well. But anyway, uh, Gabe gave us a great question that had to do with the unique self, and, and basically he said, what is it, what difference does it make uh, uh, for marriage, if anything at all, about your unique self and so that's a great question it's the first one that came up he just happened to be the one here so i say let's do it yeah let's talk about it. so what's the difference between a feeler thinker doer well no, that's a good question well i tell you what chad uh, chad's been awfully quiet and you know he's from canada and so he likes talking a lot so i think we ought to let chad start off well, well, interestingly enough, who's been doing all the talking so far? Well, that would be me. But no, the seriously, Chad, <laughs> won't you? Uh, won't you kind of give us an idea of what what the kind of define what a thinker, a feeler, and doer is? And we may stop and ask you some questions. And yeah. Noah, Noah is great at kind of telling us about real life situations and that. So, won't you? Just take a stab at it. Well, I think uh, we need to start at, um, to understand uh, the unique self in the context of marriage or relationships, yep. we have to look at how God has designed us and how we're made. And and as we know, we look in the book of Genesis, it says, out of the dust of the earth, God formed our bodies, breathed into us his spirit, and we became a living soul, which consists of your mind, your ability to think, so we have thinkers, your emotions, your ability to feel, so we have feelers, mm-hmm. and your will, which is your ability to choose to do, so we have doers. Yeah. So that's where we get the context of the thinker, feeler, doer. There, okay. There's all kinds of personality, um, temperament, um, right, right. you know, the Taylor Johnson's analysis, right, right. the disc profile, uh, you know, the classic <laughs> sanguine, you know, melancholic right. and all that. But I, what I like about this is we, we, we take a look here at Abiding Life Ministries at how God has made us. Right. And and simplified it down um, to thinker, feelers and doers, which is simple, right? We have a yeah. mind which allows us to think. Right. We have emotions which allow us to feel. Mm-hmm. And we have a will which gives us an ability to choose to do. So it's okay. not rocket science. Right. Actually, the Apostle Paul refers to it as well in the New Covenant in uh, the book of First Thessalonians chapter 5. He refers to all three, body, soul and spirit. And so when we're talking about those three, there's, there's distinct differences of those three. And, and part of the problem in marriage is... Often, I will judge my spouse's personality. I will judge my spouse's unique self based upon my unique self. And so when I do that, every time I look at her, she looks distorted to me. She looks miscued. I don't mm-hmm. understand why she's saying what she's saying, why she's thinking what she's thinking, and what why she's doing what she's doing. Well, let me stop you there just for a second. No, tell me, uh, have you, that whole thing he was just talking about, about how, we sort of look at our mate through distorted, I think was the word you used, but how we kind of look at our mate through what our unique self would be. Mm-hmm. Can you kind of think of some time when that might have happened uh, for you? Yeah, I would say so. And 
what I was going to ask Chad was, so if I, you know, my wife tested out as a thinker-feeler, yes. and I'm a feeler-thinker, you'd think mm-hmm. those two would be pretty close together, mm-hmm. but they're not. No, they're not. Actually, it's a good question because often I run into this in counseling with marriages, and they'll say, oh, well, we're actually really close. We, we must think like I said, no, 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 no. Um, you know, there's always blends of the three, mm-hmm. right? But we, we take a look at the more dominant ones. And so Noah's a feeler-thinker. So how is Noah different from Shay? Shay's a thinker-feeler. Noah's a feeler-thinker. And so one of the main differences, what equals identity for Noah, how he will identify himself as a feeler, is relationships. Relationships equal identity to the feeler. Right, right. That, okay. that is what the, the most important thing. That will come before his task, even though he's a feeler-thinker. For thinkers, right, which is still part of Noah's, Noah's unique self, task equals identity so the most most important thing to a thinker is their task gotcha. that comes ahead of relationships so gotcha. that is important to Noah still but not as dominant as relationships relationships will always come first but for Shay task will come first right if it comes if push comes to shove right right, ta- yeah, right. The, the task the job that she's doing will supersede relationship so Noah, so would you I mean what he just said would you say that's kind of played out in your marriage then yeah, I would definitely say that when uh, when I get excited, I want to invite people over, you know, and have them come on over. Uh-huh. I invite them, and then Shay freaks out because the house is a little bit dirty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm excited, and I don't care about the house because I don't even notice the mess. Okay. And All then right. it puts her in a big stress ball, and she has to start cleaning mm-hmm. like a mad woman. And okay. so she can. You can do nine nine out of ten things right. Will she see the nine, or will she see the one done wrong? The one done wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's typical for a thinker, right? Because uh-huh. they're perfectionistic. Yeah. Right. They're they're very calculated, very analytical, and they're perfectionistic. And so it's not that they're intending to be mean per se. It's how the lenses of their temperament sees everything. Right. Okay, I want well, everything so, in its proper place. So let me ask the both of you. I'll put this to both of okay. you. Okay. Do you do you think then I realize we haven't talked much about the door yet and we'll mm-hmm. do that, but but would you say then that there is a um, there's a temperament uh, or excuse me, unique self that is more or personality, whatever people want to call it, that's preferred over another or and if not, why not? In other words, is it better to be a thinker rather than a feeler or a feeler rather than a thinker or a doer or whatever else? Would I, you say it's one's better than the other? I mean, do you have an answer before I say anything, Noah? I was going to say no. I don't. I think they're all... I would agree with you. Yeah, yeah because God has designed us exactly the way that he, he's designed us. In Psalm, I think it's 139, you guys. I think it's in Psalm 139 where God says, I created you in your innermost being. Mm-hmm. I knit you together in your mother's womb. Mm-hmm. And so just to back up what Noah and I are saying, we... I don't think there's a better temper than the other because if God has designed us, if he created us in our innermost being, if he knit us together in our mother's womb, then he intended us to be, to have the unique self that he always wanted us. And you know what? That verse never came more alive for me until I had two kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, for example, if I can give an example sure, of this just sure, quickly. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> when Madison, my oldest, she's 15 now, but when she was born, when she was just a baby and, and when she was crawling around, she would go around everything. If there was something in her way, she'd crawl around it and go get it. So I remember we lived in this little rancher house in, in British Columbia in Canada. And uh, it's just a small little place. And so I'm 6'3", so I'd always sit on the floor, stretch out my legs fully across the floor. 
and Madison's toys were on the other side, and I'd be putting on the sports channel, ESPN, mm-hmm. and uh, watch, catching up on my sports. And I could see her thinking she could see her toys, but she could see I was, I was in the way. So she would crawl around everything, go get the toy, and then come back to where she was originally mm-hmm. to come play. Mm-hmm. Now, see, she's thinking, right? She's looking out. She's ma- making a plan. Even as a baby, it's an amazing thing. Mm-hmm. She, I mean, she hasn't even barely developed yet, right? And, uh, and I could see she was a thinker because I could see her map out what she was going to do. Sure. And then we had my second daughter, Paige, who's 13 now. <clears throat> and uh, I looked at my wife and I said, who did you cheat with me on? Because this can't be my kid. <laughs> I mean, of course, my wife rolls her eyes at me. She never cheated on me, just to clarify. And uh, But Paige was so different as a baby crawling around. Uh-huh. And Paige, my, I would do the same thing. I'd have my legs stretched across the, across the floor watching right. ESPN. Right. And, uh, and Paige, she wouldn't go around. She'd try to go through me. She put her head down and tried to bulldoze through my legs because yeah. she could see the toys. But she looks at she's a doer. Mm-hmm. She sees the quickest way is through you, Dad. So I'm going to go right through. Gotcha. gotcha. And so, so that's why that that kind of came alive to me. Just to get back to your right, question, right, Tim, right. why I would why I believe that that there's no better temperament than another because it, it was proven to me with having two kids uh-huh. and seeing the differences. Right, same two people made that made those same right. two kids. How can they be so different? Right. Because God created them in 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 our innermost being. God okay. knit us mm-hmm. together in our mother's womb. Well, let me let me put it this way then. And again, I'd like for you both to weigh in on this for me. The reason I asked the question was this, and we're going to get to the doer too, because we have, again we haven't talked about them very much. But uh, I hear a lot of people, whether it's in marriages and frankly even in churches, that. Uh, one of the things that ends up happening is that they'll look at somebody else in their unique self, their their personality, or whatever you want to say, and they'll think, well, I want to be just like that. So it may be they want to be just like the pastor or uh, in in marriages. When I've talked to people before, they'll go, well, you know, I just wish my husband wasn't such a slob. I wish he, wish he cared a little bit more about the details of life or and maybe not the husband maybe it's the other way around yeah, yeah. and there are times and this goes back to that whole thing you were saying we look at our mate and kind of view it through our filter i hear a lot of people thinking that they sort of talk like their 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 unique self is the right way i mean have you seen that before no i mean with people yeah i would yeah. say so yeah well, here's the thing. I did, just when you're asking that, mm-hmm. Tim, because I, I agree with you, because I've run on this quite a bit, where people will compare themselves to other people. And and I, I've done a lot of traveling. I know, Tim, you have, and Noah, you have as well. We've all done a lot of traveling. Mm-hmm. And i got to be honest with you. I've traveled all around the world, and I've never met anybody like Tim Lester. I've never met anybody like Noah Wells. And so how can I compare myself to somebody else, mm-hmm. right, when there's nobody else in the world like me, nobody who had the messages or how I received them, we're all unique. That's why we call it the unique self. We're all very uniquely made. Mm-hmm. And God has a unique plan just for each of us. Right. So when you go to compare or wish, man, I wish I had their their unique self. It right. looks better than mine. Or I wish I was smarter. I wish I was more thinker. Then then you're going to lose right away because because there's nobody else in the world like you. Right. God made you exactly right. how he wanted to have right. you. right. And, 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 I, and I would just say this, if I could, just, just a quick little story. I remember when I was, uh, when I was in pastoral ministry in, in a local church, yeah, and I pastored in a few of them, but, but the last one that I pastored, I remember I was walking home one day. It was a fall day in September, and um, I'm walking back home, and it was a really, I was actually quite enjoying the walk and just talking with the Lord. And, uh, and the Lord asked me on, on my way back to the house from, from the church office, 
he said, uh, Chad, you know I love you. And I said, yes, Lord, I know you do. Do you love me? And I said, yes, Lord, you know I do. And then, and then, and then we begin to have this conversation. And he says, well, do you have a higher standard than me? I said, no, Lord, that nobody could live up to your standard. Jesus is the only one who could do that. Mm. And then he asked me again, and you know I love you. Yes, and you love me. Yes, uh-huh. Lord. Well, if you know that I love you and you don't have a higher standard than me, what, then why don't you love you? Hmm. And, you know, I stopped dead in my tracks on that walk. I mean, I, I just stopped. And, man, I pondered that. And, man... I mean, of course, God always trumps us, right? Sure. Right. But he was proving the point, right? right. I, I, didn't, I didn't love myself because I felt like, oh, I needed to be that person. I need that. So gotcha. comparing like we're talking right, about, right, right? Right, And God's point is, hey, listen, I love you, and you're telling me that you don't have a higher standard than me. Mm-hmm. I have the higher standard of all. It was Jesus, and nobody could be that, right? Right. And so why don't you love you? Mm-hmm. If I love you, then why don't you love you? And, and I end up walking home, you know, that day with a big smile on my face cool. and a lightness in my step cool. saying, man, I really That's love cool. me, cool. you know? Well, then let me let me shift then because I want to make sure I get in some conversation about the doer. Now, Noah, you said you're a feeler thinker. Your wife yes. was a thinker-feeler. Uh, have you ever encountered what we refer to as doers before, and what are they like? Yeah, I mean, the f- I used to not be like being around doers that much. Cause oh, they'd really? Hurt, yeah, because they'd hurt my feelings. Okay. They'd say stuff to me and—, and you know, they're not afraid to just tell you, hey, there's something on your face or you got a booger hanging out or whatever. <laughs> they're not afraid to tell you that you don't look that good. Yeah. And uh, so for a long time, I didn't like being around doers until mm-hmm. I started really understanding a doer. Okay. And then now I really treasure my doer friends. Yep. And I mean, they. They are direct, no doubt about yeah, it. Yeah. They'll do anything for you, too. Yep. That's true. And they don't stop until the job's done. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, so, well, now one, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, one of the guys that was a doer in the scriptures was the Apostle Paul. I mean, yes. he was Saul. Absolutely. And the proof of it is before he came to Jesus, he was killing Christians and yes. he was like zealous and all that. Yeah. And so after he comes to the Lord, I think he was put to death or left for dead three times. I mean, the guy just yeah. would not stop. And so. Yeah, how and, many times was he shipwrecked and he kept on uh, going? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, well, let me ask you this, Chad. What do you. How would you say? So some people would say, let me put it this way. Yeah. Some people would say, like Noah was describing, you know, doers are really direct and they'll say anything. And so, I mean, they could get kind of a bad rap because they're just pushing and driving mm-hmm. forward oh, and all that, right? Like, yeah. So, what would you say is the benefit? of having a doer unique self it's a great question i i think if i can just give a little prelude to that question sure. i think it's important just to note again um, as we're talking about the unique self what we want to keep in the back of our minds is that we want to express our unique self through the spirit we want to filter that through the spirit mm-hmm. because outside of that every temperament will get distorted yep right so for example um for example so i could use a hammer right mm-hmm. to build an old widow a home right but i could also take that same hammer and kill her with it mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. it depends on the source by which i'm filtering it through right. right and so the goal is to express all of our unique selves through the spirit now mm-hmm. we're not going to do that all the time right right because we also have flesh and the right. flesh teaches us how to walk in the spirit which is another conversation for yeah yeah time. yeah it's definitely yeah, yeah. a separate podcast but yeah. but <laughs> but i'm just saying just to give a little precursor to that mm-hmm. um that it is important to note that that we want to 
express it through the spirit. So your question again was it was if there's a doer. Yeah. So I don't you know I don't want the doers out there although they're pretty thick skinned. Uh, I want them thinking that uh, we all think they're these monster machines that just go through life and destroy everybody. There is some real benefit, especially under the control of the Spirit, for being a doer. So why don't you help our doers out before they all go into depression? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's clarify quickly. Well, one thing about uh, doers, doers don't mind being leaders. Believe it or not, not everybody likes to lead. Thinkers like to be second-in-command people. They Mm -hmm. they don't want to lead, but they want to help the leader out. And uh, for every great leader that we read about in the history books, right, most of them are doers. Right. But if you if you look into them in detail, all of them had a thinker as a second-in-command person yeah. because the thinker helped them to, to see the cracks. Yeah. But the doer, he will, he's a pioneer. He will pioneer. He's not afraid to take a job and take it with both hands and wrap his arms around it, and he'll go full tilt. But the thing with the doer is he needs other people. So we talked about the feeler, relationships equal identity. Mm-hmm. The thinker, task equals identity. The doer is similar to the thinker, but it's task through people equals identity because the doer has grand plans and grand achievements. That's the beautiful thing. He's a visionary, right? He can see the big picture, right? But he needs other people to help him put those puzzle pieces together mm-hmm. to complete that big picture, yep. right? So he's yep. a leader. He's a pioneer. He doesn't tire e- easily. Mm-hmm. He can motivate people, right? He like he keeps things very positive. Mm-hmm. The doer will see the cup half full. The thinker can tend to see the cup half empty, mm-hmm. right? The thinker tends to see the negative, the cracks, where the doer will see the positives, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and he helps motivate people that way. Okay. So okay. the doer can be a very, you know, um, obviously um, a very uh, uh, beautiful temperament as sure. well. Sure. Noah? Well, so is the feeler just sad that the uh, cup's not full anymore? Well, the feeler can get sad because he's very in touch with his emotions, right? There you go. Sees a leaf fall off the tree in the fall, and it's just so sad, you know? Uh, Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, I tell you what. I think this is a good first part of this this discussion. And what I'd like to do, because we've got some really good definitions of doers and feelers and thinkers, I want to remind you something. Um, if you're listening right now, you can go on the website. That's www.abidinglife.com. www.abidinglife.com. That's A-B-I-D-I-N-G-L-I-F-E.com. And uh, there's a, a place there that you can actually take a test online uh, for the unique self-test. Otherwise, if you're really interested in some detail about this, just uh, call the office that's right there on the website as well, and they can uh, get you a book that actually has a way to take that test. But the benefit of the little booklet, it's more like a booklet than a book, yeah. is it actually gives mm-hmm. you a lot of information about how this works with your children, with your marriage, and all that. And nice thing about it, I'm not a big reader, and I mean, this thing is a short read. I mean, it's really it's nope. really just a lot of good information. A lot of diagrams. In yeah, that a lot book. of diagrams it's there. And it even, even yeah. talks about how you can work with your kids and that kind of thing like that. So this is what I'm going to ask the guys to do. Uh, we're going to, in just a minute, uh, sort of put all this on pause. Uh, we'll be back to tell you about a couple of things that are, have either just happened or are coming up. And then we'll refer come to part two of this. And what I want to do is take the specific definitions, guys. I want you to be thinking about this, about... Okay, so how's this look like when I'm doing marriage, or for that matter, relationships? Um, because, I, I, well, I want to make a statement. We'll let this begin our, be our first thought as we begin. Sometimes when I have two people with different unique selves, they have a tendency to collide with each other because of the expectations they have. Yes. So I want you to think about 
how couples collide because of their unique self. So you said it. God made them that way. That's the way it is. It's neither good nor bad under the Spirit of Christ. It's an amazing thing. It's not under the Spirit of Christ. You can drive people to drink. And so <laughs> let's think about that in terms of marriage or even raising kids. Because, Noah, you were talking to us earlier about some things you did with your daughter. Right. That was really fascinating. It, yeah, was it was really great. cool. And so it doesn't have to be about that, but just anything at all that might illustrate this in real life so that we can all understand it. So we're going to take a, a break, a brief break right now. We'll be back to tell you about some of the things that are coming with Abiding Life Studios. Hey, thanks uh, for joining us on Abiding Life Studios for the conversations. Part one, Unique Self, we're going to go on to part two in just a minute. I uh, wanted to let you know about some of the things coming up July 7 to 10. Wish you'd be praying for us. We're having an advanced trainer. That's training coming up. Uh, just helps people understand how they can sit down one-on-one and share about how people can trust Christ in a very practical way to abide in Him. Let Him be uh, the uh, the Savior He always intended them to be. That's going to be here in Hagerstown, Maryland, uh, July 7 to 10. That's with Tim and Karen Lester. Um, you won't be able to come to this one, but there's going to be more offered later on. And in the fall, there's actually going to be training for folks that like to work with others about how to work with people who are married. Uh, and then secondly, there's a women's retreat coming up August 11 to 13. That's a Friday through a Sunday. Uh, it's going to be in Beaver Run Resort in Breckenridge, Colorado. That is correct. Right, guys? Sounds like a good time. And, uh, hey, listen, Noah, why don't you tell us how they can get more information about that? You just need to go on the website, www.com abidinglife.com that's the place and uh you can just go on the calendar click that thing on we even had chad do it even chad was able to get to the information if you can even believe it (laughs) that's it so uh hey listen before we uh, go back to the podcast uh we had just had a men's retreat june 22 to 25 it was up at a cabin uh, just kind of northeast of uh, denver outside colorado springs colorado springs outside that way and uh Hey, listen, it was great. We had 27, maybe 27, 29 guys show up for that. Really excited about that. So I just want uh, Chad to, uh, Chad, why don't you give me your first impression about the men's retreat? Well, I went to a men's retreat about, uh, I think, four years ago, and this was my first one since. And, man, it was a really great time. Good. Uh, Guys really opened up and uh, actually, in fact, probably – I never seen a group open up quicker than I did this one, and I've been, you know, I've been meeting with groups and all that, that. kind of thing yeah, for a long time, I would right? Definitely agree with right that. off the first night, and uh, everybody seemed to just gel together. Guys were open, mm. uh, people were vulnerable, and uh, we got to hear some great stories, didn't we, Noah? Yeah, cool. we did. No, why, why don't you tell us? I mean, this thing, particularly this retreat and doing it this way, was sort of your brainchild. You know, you said the Lord was really leading you that way, and uh, so why don't you just, if you were saying, hey guys. This is this would be my dreams for what I th- think would happen in men's retreat. Uh, yeah, I would uh, just say, like I say every time when we do a men's retreat, I get up there and tell everyone it's a safe place, so anyone can share there. That's the my biggest thing for men's retreats is guys to share and bring stuff out into the light. Okay, you know it's uh, the enemy can really attack you hard when it's uh, you keep stuff in the dark. Yeah, and I tell you what, that's exactly what happened at the men's retreat this time. Of course, there's other things that happened. Uh, um, Chad uh, became an expert at stepping in gopher holes, and so that's that's always a fun event. Uh, there are others. Uh, Chad, why don't you tell us about some of the other things that happened? At yeah, the what else, retreat? Chad, happened to you? Well, 
lots. You know, I slept in a room with two other guys. Um, you know, tough to sleep with. But were uh, they uh, close brothers in Christ? Or well, closer than I wanted them to be in that <laughs> okay. room. Let's put it that way. But no, it was a great time. We uh, every you know we had uh, breakfast around seven thirty, I think, okay. and. Uh, then we usually had somebody share. There was somebody, you know, doing a talk. Tim, you were talking, Noah right, right. and I. And uh, we had a few other guys um, uh, come and share. Steve uh, Reinhard was sharing as well. And uh, so we just had some sharing time, some sharing okay. sessions, oh. a few teaching sessions. Sure. Tim, you taught a little bit. And, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I taught a little bit of abiding. Steve was sharing on fears and uh and um, and what else? Um, well, and in the afternoons, honestly, it was just having a lot of fun. If you wanted to, you get, they had boating. Uh, some guys went fishing. Some fellows went uh, mountain climbing. Um, there were actually several other things they did. Some guys just kind of hung out and slept, and and some sat on the porch and got sunburned from sitting and talking about, uh, you know, just uh, renewing old acquaintances. And I tell you what, I'd never see. I don't know about you guys, but I think it's probably the first time in a long time, anyway. We saw guys, I think the youngest fellow there was 19 or 20 years old, and, and up to there was a 70-something-year-old there. So, yeah. I mean, it really is a generational thing. Listen, I want to encourage you to come and be a part of that. Uh, this next year, there's going to be more about it. Look for the information. Guys, anything else you want to say in closing about the men's retreat? Uh, the only thing I'd like to say is I think it really worked out well this year. We did Thursday night to Sunday. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that was a lot better for all the guys. A little Absolutely. bit more time to share, so and get to know each other. Yeah, yeah. No, it was a it was a great time, and I think having that, like Noah was going to say, Noah just said, having that extra day in there. Mm-hmm. I think uh, you know it's tough if you do a Friday to Sunday. You know, you just get there, guys usually get their own supper, right? Mm-hmm. And then you really only have the one full day of the Saturday. So I think having that extra day was a uh, it gave everybody an opportunity to open up and uh, hear a bit more and gel together, get to know the guys a little bit better. So I really did like that format, actually. Hey, well, hey, guys, thanks a lot for sharing with us about that. Be looking forward to next year. Men's retreat probably in June, just like it was this year. Listen, in a bit, we're going to take a quick break and go back to the podcast on Unique Self.